encouragement makes a difference. That's our lesson for tonight. You should have a handout, and if not, uh, Joe's got those uh, if you need one. We are looking at Barnabas, and uh, uh, Barnabas, the Bible says, was given a name by the apostles. Now let's look at that. Uh, you might have it in your notes. Acts 4.36. And Joseph, who by the apostles was surnamed Barnabas, which is being interpreted the son of consolation, a Levite of the country of Cyprus, having land, sold it, and so forth. Uh, it's interesting. I, I, I never noted that until this lesson. I've read that I don't know how many times. Acts chapter 4, uh, when I was in evangelism, I lived in Acts chapter 4. A lot of messages came out of Acts chapter 4. I did a whole series out of Acts chapter 4. I never ever noticed that he was surnamed by the apostles. Uh, anyway, maybe you did, uh, but that's kind of neat. What it means is he had quite a testimony with those who were the closest with him in ministry, which is even more amazing because unfortunately sometimes the ones who are the closest to us also know our problems and and our weaknesses and our hypocrisies and our inconsistencies or whatever and uh you know sometimes the ones who are further away from us they might say oh yeah that's a real son of consolation right there but the guys who are the inner circle are like eh, maybe not uh well not the case with with barnabas the the, the apostles who worked closely with him those were his closest uh, associates and friends and, and co-laborers in the ministry. They were the ones who gave him this name. So the question that we're to ponder, uh, what would those closest around us name us? What would I be named? Um, you know, what would you be named, you know? Uh, and, and the goal is that we would have that testimony uh, of not just an, an encourager, but just someone who is Christ-like and, and genuine in our walk with the Lord. To console is to comfort, to encourage, and to edify. Uh, now, there are some people who just have this gift, and there are others of us that gift got lost in the mail. <laughs> you know? uh, and we have to do a little bit more praying. But I will say this, even if that gift is not your gift, I think we can pray, Lord, help me to be able to access your grace to encourage, to be one who can console and enter into someone's grief and have that empathy. Um, before we came here, we were in Ohio at uh, Grace Baptist Church in Kettering, Ohio, and, and Pastor Shaw and his wife ministered faithfully there for years. He was my pastor for that brief little time that we were based out of his church. And now he is out uh, doing pulpit fill and, and, and helping churches that don't have a pastor. He preached here this summer in June. Uh, you met him and his wife was here too, right? I was gone, but uh, they sh should have both been here. Um, they are both encouragers. My wife and I will talk about them. Mrs. Shaw, that's who you want to call if you're down, you know. Uh, Pastor Shaw, they are just right there. They enter into your grief. They enter into your pain. And it's amazing. Um, just, just a wonderful thing. Uh, Mrs. Shaw, you know, she knows how to listen to you. Uh, you know, that's a part of encouraging and comforting is just listening. Uh, and, and both Pastor Shaw and Mrs. Shaw, both, they, they, just, they just listen. They empathize. Uh, God's given them a gift. But it's not just for certain saints. It's not just for the pastor and Mrs. Shaw's of this world. 
I believe we can ask God to help us with this. We need to, as brothers and sisters in Christ, we need to be able to have a heart of love uh, and, and, and uh, consolation one for another. Exhortation would also be another aspect of this gift. Hebrews tells Christians to exhort one another daily and to do so, so much the more as you see the day approaching. So in order to learn about exhortation and consolation, we're going to learn from uh, Barnabas here, the son of consolation, and I trust that we can have some takeaways that we can apply to our life. If you have thoughts, questions, or additions, again, this is more informal, so just feel free to uh, flag me down and, and love to hear from you along the way. So we'll see, first of all, the place, uh, the place of encouragement, Antioch. Acts chapter 11, verse 19 now they which were scattered abroad upon the persecution that arose about Stephen traveled as far as Phenis and Cyprus and Antioch, preaching the word to none but the Jews only. And some of them were men of Cyprus and Cyrene, which when they were come to Antioch, spake unto the Grecians, preaching the Lord Jesus. And the hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number believed and turned to the Lord." Uh, so Antioch became a great missionary center, but of course it didn't start that way. Uh, in Acts chapter 11, things were just getting going. Uh, Christianity ha ha had not yet blossomed in Antioch at the beginning. There was idol worship everywhere. Uh, but out of this, uh, believers did get saved and a church was formed. And they were in desperate need of encouragement. And God used Barnabas in that regard. Uh, letter A in your notes the scattering of the persecuted. Verse 19 says, Now they which were scattered abroad upon the persecution that arose around about Stephen. The scattering abroad. In Acts chapter 8, Saul transitions from having been the bystander in the martyrdom of Stephen, where they laid down their garments at the apostle, well, at the, not the apostle Paul, at Saul's feet, um, uh, but then he, he, he goes from that to getting saved. And, and, uh, and of course, Acts 9 talks about that. But Acts chapter 8, verse 1 says, Saul was consenting unto his death. And at that time, there was a great persecution against the church, which was at Jerusalem. And they were scattered abroad throughout all the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. By the way, uh, a scattering because of persecution, we don't like it. it it's not comfortable for us, but it has always been used of God to spread the gospel. Uh, so when persecution comes, that there is a silver lining in persecution, and that is that the gospel gets scattered abroad. And, uh, you know, sometimes um, I even think that sometimes churches split. I believe, this is just me, I don't have a chapter and verse for this, okay? Just my opinion here for a second. I've wondered sometimes if, if God upsets a church or allows them to be upset if they're not doing their job, starting churches, sending out missionaries, supporting missionaries, the Lord just says, well, we'll just scatter you guys then. If you're not going to scatter your own, scatter your finances and, and support missionaries who are scattering, uh, we'll just scatter you. It's personally a theory of mine, uh, but you see it even with Barnabas and Saul. God eventually scattered them or, or separated Barnabas and Saul. And uh, out of that separation, that church split, if you will, uh, two missionary movements took place. So anyway, scattering, we look at it as a bad thing, but there's definitely a silver lining in it. Because uh, what does it say in verse 4? 
Therefore, they that were scattered abroad went everywhere preaching the word. Praise the Lord. The devil can't win. Even when the persecution comes and the scattering takes place, uh, he's just scattering the seed of the gospel. Uh, so uh, letter A, there, there's a scattering of the persecuted. Letter B, there's the salvation of the pagans there in verse 20 and 21. Uh, their evangelism was directed to the Jew first. Remember Romans 1.16? To the Jew first and also to the Greek. You saw it here as well. Uh, it says in verse 19, preaching the word to none but the Jews only. So that's the Jew first mentality, but it didn't stay there, okay? Uh, the scattered Jewish believers began sharing the gospel with the Gentiles as the Grecians, which responded, who responded, uh, responded eagerly to the Lord. And of course, you have Acts 10, Cornelius getting saved. The door gets opened to the non-Jewish uh, society. And then the Jerusalem church leaders respond to Peter's testimony of the first Gentile conversions. Uh, Acts 11, verse 18, When they heard these things, they held their peace and glorified God, saying, Then hath God also to the Gentiles granted repentance unto life. So there's a, a scattering, and they're preaching to the Jews, and it's, it's, it's bubbling out from there. Let's look at uh, number two, the, the uh, person of encouragement. So the place of encouragement, but then the person of encouragement, Barnabas. When tidings of these things came to the ears of the church, which was in Jerusalem, they sent forth Barnabas that he should go as far as Antioch, who, when he came and had seen the grace of God, was glad and exhorted them all that with purpose of heart they would cleave unto the Lord, for he was a good man and full of the Holy Ghost and faith, and much people was added unto the Lord. You know, when they needed a trusted leader to go vet the situation and make sure that this was okay, that this was of God, who would they send? Barnabas. He was a man that they trusted. All of his closest associates said, this is a guy who walks with the Lord. He is the son of consolation, and we're going to send him to see what's going on with the Gentiles. There's this revival of Gentiles getting saved, and so they sent him. Uh, every Christian should as aspire, by the grace of God, to be a servant of the Lord who's found faithful that could be depended on to be sent forth uh, when a need arises. So about Barnabas, we'll see a few points about his life, and I trust to make some application. Barnabas was glad, first of all, verse 23, uh, who when he came and had seen the grace of God was glad and exhorted them all. Uh, he arrives on the scene in Antioch. He sees what God is doing. There is a, a, a revival, in a sense, of, of first they were preaching to the Jews, and it spills over to the Grecians, and many people are getting saved. And he comes in, not with skepticism. What's going on here? What is this craziness? Uh, who let this loose? You know? No, he comes out without jealousy, skepticism, or doubt. He just sees what God is doing and he rejoices in it. He is glad to see what God does. And this had to have been an encouragement to those people. Okay, they sent somebody to vet what's going on here to make sure we're doing okay. Uh, here's Barnabas. I hope we haven't stepped out of line. And he says, no, this is amazing. This, this is God. And he rejoices and encourages, encourages them. 
Uh, may God teach us from his example and elsewhere in Scripture that we need to be glad for one another. We need to be glad for the working of God in other people's lives. You know, sometimes as a pastor, maybe you can look at another church and say, oh, look at what they've got and look at what they've got. Uh, why don't we have that? That is so futile and so ridiculous. It's the kingdom of God we're dealing with here. And I should be glad for that church and glad for this church. And same thing with families. Uh, you know, moms can get insecure uh, between moms and look at, look at their kids and how well behaved they are. And my, oh boy, uh, let's be glad for, the, for the, the good things that are going on in other people's lives and rejoice with them that do rejoice, weep with them that, that, that do weep. 1 Corinthians twelve twenty six, and whether one member suffer or all the members suffer with it, or one member be honored, all the members rejoice with it. Let's be glad one for another and rejoice with them. So Barnabas was glad. He rejoiced. But secondly, Barnabas was a good man. He's known as being good. Verse 24. He was a good man, the Bible says. Can your family, neighbors, friends, co-workers, fellow Christians call you a good man, a good woman? Uh, the Bible says in Galatians 6.10, As we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. James 4.17, therefore to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. Uh, the Bible says this is what Jesus did. Acts 10.38 says our Savior went about doing good. He tells us in Hebrews 13.16, forget not to do good. Uh, John, 3 John 11 explains that doing good is one of the characteristics of those who are of God. But we should be known as Barnabas was known, as those who have set our sights on serving others, a good, a good man, a good woman. Uh, Barnabas was known as a man who was a good man. Letter C, Barnabas was God, uh, whoopsie, that's the wrong one, godly. Then we'll get to giving. Barnabas was a godly man. He was a good man, the Bible says, but also filled with the Spirit and full of faith. The Bible says, the saying pleased the whole multitude, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Ghost, and Philip, and Prochorus, and Nicanor, and Timon, and so forth and so on. Uh, just as the deacons, the first deacons were full of the Spirit, and, the Holy, uh, full of the Spirit and, and full of faith, so was Barnabas. You can't be godly unless you are also submitted to the Spirit of God. A godly man depends on the Spirit of God for guidance and direction. He was filled with the Spirit, and he was filled with faith. Now we, we see one illustration of this with Barnabas when he having land the Bible says sold it and gave it that was that was an act of faith anytime you give something away in times of distress you are I mean that you know it's one thing to give things away when the economy is great your paycheck is great life is great health is great the insurance premiums are all paid and yeah, I got extra, here you go, let me give, give, give. But when the economy is crashing, people are being persecuted, people are losing their jobs, everything's going haywire, that took some faith for Barnabas to say, I've got land, I'm going to sell it. Give it to the apostles to distribute to those who have a need. He was a man filled with the Spirit. First of all, that was a, 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 a situation where he was led by the Lord. Don't just start giving stuff away. Be, be led of the Lord, okay? <laughs> um, and he was full of faith. He said, God has given me this. He's taking care of me. He's going to continue to take care of me. 
And so therefore, I can, I can trust him. And he did a, a, very, uh, a very difficult thing. And that's the next point, uh, giving. Barnabas was a giving individual. And Joseph, who by the apostles was surnamed Barnabas, which being interpreted the son of, Con- is the Con- son of Consolation, a Levite of the country of Cyprus, having land, sold it and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. Great act of faith. Uh, and he was able to meet many needs. He would have been a guy who understood what the Bible said in Acts 20, 35, that it's more blessed to give than to receive. Uh, we're trying to teach our kids that. It's a hard one uh, to, to teach kids. We live in such a materialistic society, and, uh, but Christmas time is a great time to, 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 to teach about giving. We want our kids to learn that it is more blessed to give than to receive. Um, when we go to uh, oh something where there's like kids' games or kids' rides, I am happy to just pay the bill, hand the kids the tickets, hold the bags and sit, hold the water bottles, and Samuel and different ones will come to me, Dad, you're not doing anything. I feel so bad for you. I'm like, no, this is good. <laughs> this is good. I'm in, the, I'm in the best seat in the house. Give me your water bottle. Give me your bag. I'll get the picture, okay? <laughs> you know, I'm like, I have gotten old. Uh, I am that water bottle bag, you know, c- carrying camera clicking dad. But it's all, it's all good. I, and I get all the joy I need from saying, yeah, son, that's good. Woo, yeah, good. <laughs> you know, was it fun? You want to go again? Go again. Uh, I, it, but it is, it is fun to watch someone else enjoying your gift and, and to go uh, uh, and to be able to help someone, encourage someone. Barnabas figured this out. And by God's grace, so shall we. And if we're going to really experience the joy and blessings of the Christian life, we have to figure out what he figured out. It's better to give to somebody else. Barnabas uh, poured his life into Paul, gave him everything he had, and then watched him go. And it's interesting. As you look at the book of Acts, it starts off, as you know, Barnabas and Saul, Barnabas and Saul, Barnabas and Saul. And then it is Paul and Barnabas, Paul and Barnabas, Paul and Barnabas. Um, have you ever been in a position where you trained your boss? <laughs> you know, maybe some of you have. Uh, that's a great thing. And you shouldn't feel like, oh, man, what happened to me? I trained that guy and he went on to be the big boss and blah, blah, blah. No, if anything, you should be happy. Look at what he did. I got to train him. Um, uh, or, or a coach. You're a coach and you see them go on and do great uh, things in sports. Uh, it is more blessed to pour your life into someone, to give of yourself, give of your resources, than it is to have to be the one to consume everything. There, there, there's no satisfaction in just consuming. God did not make us to ever be fulfilled that way. And so if you're wired in a way that you can only be happy and satisfied or you think you're happy and think you're satisfied with consuming, 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 you're going to be seeking and seeking and seeking and perpetually empty. But if you give, God made it so that you're going to be satisfied, you're going to be fulfilled, you're going to be content. Uh, I, I think of First John. Is it First John or no, maybe it's Second or Third John? But I, anyway, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. I know it's John <laughs> uh, in the epistles there. 
No greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. It is exciting to see your, your life poured out into someone's life and see them go forward. Barnabas figured that out. And oh, may God help us to realize that a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of the things that he possesseth. What do we want? We want rather, we should want rather to just pour our lives into others and to give. 2 Corinthians 9, 7 is in your notes, I think. Every man according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. Barnabas was one who fit the four characteristics found uh, in, in uh, 1 Timothy 6. He was not arrogant because of his resources. He was not trusting in wealth, but in God. He was rich in good works, and he was ready to distribute his resources to others. That's 1 Timothy 6. Charge, that are rich, charge them that are rich in this world, that they be not high-minded, nor trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God, who giveth us richly all things to enjoy that they do good, that they be rich in works, ready to distribute, willing to communicate. Four things. Do you fit the test? Barnabas did. Let's go through them again. Uh, this is the characteristics of those who are uh, spiritually rich, okay? Uh, not arrogant because of our resources. Not trusting in wealth, but rather in God. Not, uh, no, rich, yes, rich in good works. Rich in good works and ready to distribute resources to others. Um, Barnabas was a consoler, and he was an encourager, and much of that had to do with the fact that he was ready to give, not just resources, but give of himself. Uh, The resources mentioned were his land, so he was willing to give resources. He was also willing to give himself. He was also willing to give first place, give up his leadership, Paul, you have a gift I don't have. Go for it. You can lead. Um, any thoughts on this so far? Yes, Jason. Yes. Oftentimes that encouragement, when Barnabas poured his life into Paul, he didn't just flatter him and build up his ego. Mm. He no doubt with that encouragement was to reach his full potential in Christ, which is critical. So it's critical uh, feedback can be part of encouragement. Why give the critical feedback if you don't believe that that person can receive it? Yeah. That's good. As an encouragement, it is um, for reaching your full potential in Christ, which involves then sometimes putting that mirror on some things that are being worked on. Amen. Amen. You know, that's a great point. The, the encouragement of, of this world and the encouragement from the Word is going to have a little bit of a different nuance. In fact, the world would say you encourage the person even if you have to lie. 
you know? Just tell them, you are the greatest and you're going to do great things. Fingers behind my back, fingers crossed, you know? And don't you think about anything that people said to you today. It's all lies. You're wonderful. Go get them, tiger. Oh boy, <laughs> you know, uh, that, that, that's not, yeah, it, it's got to be more than just the warm and fuzzies. It's got to be like the whole gift of exhortation, um, uh, being willing to, to have the hard talk and say, hey, uh, let's learn from this or let's point out this and, and work through it. And yet, pointing them to hope. Um, I, I have definitely learned in my life, I, I can sometimes be too sharp-tongued and speak the truth without the love and so I know I said the right things, but did I say it with the gift of consolation, the gift of encouragement, uh, where you're saying the right things and, and pointing them to hope and pointing them to Jesus, pointing them to answers? Um, that, 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 that certainly uh, uh, is helpful, not just go all profit on them. <laughs> yes, something else? Oh, okay, I thought you had a follow-up comment. Okay, uh, but very, very good point. Uh, encouragement should be a the full picture yes my uh, biggest encouragement comes from people i don't see for a few years mm-hmm. and they just make that quick entry into your life and encourage you a little bit and then you don't see them again but it always sticks with you in that in that long term of uh, how you should live your life and, and uh, give you uh, encouragement that way that uh, if you're on with somebody every day, it, it just doesn't seem to roll out. Then it's just kind of trying to uh, uh, buy in or and talk to them. But if you see somebody and they give you encouragement or you remember from your past, when it was an encouragement that uh, sticks with you. Amen. That's great. And that jogged something in my head here while you're saying that. Um, I heard of a pastor who was going through some, some stuff and uh, his pastor, a pastor friend of his, several states away, got a sense somehow that something was wrong and had a very important conversation and was able to help him at a critical juncture. And somehow nobody around him saw it or else they didn't, maybe they saw it and didn't want to say it. Who knows what it is, but, but this other pastor a couple states away realized my pastor buddy over here, he's, there, there's something going on. I got to help him. And it was, it was critical timing. Uh, so yeah, like you said, someone maybe you don't even see for a while, but they have that right timing, that right word, uh, being willing to be used of God in that regard. And let me just re-emphasize on this. Going back a point or two, he was full of the spirit and full of faith. That will help you with encouragement. Uh, you know, to if you're spirit-filled in this regard, if you have his leading, his enabling, that's going to help. Uh, and then walking by faith in that, in that step is certainly necessary because these are sometimes hard conversations to have. You don't want to interfere or whatever, but we need one another. That's good. Anything else on that before we go on? All right. So Barnabas was glad... He was good, he was godly, filled with the Spirit, filled with faith, and he was giving. And there was a great product, the product of encouragement, Acts 11. Uh, we're on point three there, the product of encouragement. Then departed Barnabas to Tarsus for to seek Saul. And when he had found him, he brought him unto Antioch, and it came to pass that a whole year they assembled themselves with the church and taught much people, and the disciples were called Christians first 
in Antioch. Uh, So you can't always quantify the impact of encouragement, just a little encouragement, how far that that will go. Uh, We can underestimate the value of simple and specific thoughtful acts of encouragement, Uh, but you don't know what someone's going through. A word fitly spoken is, is so important. And be led by the Spirit. You may say something that you may not even remember, but you said something the Lord laid, laid on your heart, and someone else re- remembers that for the rest of their life. And they'll go back to it and say, when you said this. Uh, in evangelism, I, I had a, the privilege to minister w- with different people. And I've had people say, remember when you preached on? I'm like, no, I don't remember that at all. I don't think I even have a message on that. So I must have said something in a different message, you know. Well, I've never forgotten that. And here's what God did. And you're like, wow. Or a, a counseling situation. And you pray with somebody and it seems very routine to you, but it wasn't routine to them. It was what the Lord needed. A little bit of encouragement can go so, so far. Uh, so he helped a missionary get his start. All right, letter whatever that is, um, letter A. He helped a missionary get his start. Uh, Saul, soon to be renamed Paul, returned with him to teach the new believers. And uh, he, he was an, an, an invaluable asset to Paul. And we don't really know where Paul would have been without Barnabas. But we know, that we know, where, Barn- sorry, we know where, where Paul went, and Barnabas was a part of that launching of this incredible ministry. Acts 9.26 And when Saul was come to Jerusalem, he essayed to join himself to the disciples, but they were all afraid of him (laughs) and believed not that he was a disciple. That's that's amazing. He had a a reputation that preceded him, the great persecutor of Christians. But Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles and declared unto them how he had seen the Lord in the way and that he had spoken to him and how he had preached boldly at Damascus in the name of Jesus. We don't know how hard that was for Barnabas. We weren't there. We don't feel the cultural aspects. We don't feel the pressures, the fears. It's hard for us to really enter into this, but I can guarantee you this, what Barnabas did was tough. Sometimes the hardest place to stand is with your closest associates your closest peers. When I was in Bible college, uh, we would sometimes go down to this uh, very seedy district just with all of these clubs, and we would uh, preach, we would give testimony, we would sing, we'd have open-air services, and we'd take a stand. And you might say, well, that's hard. That's not as hard as taking a stand with the guys I'm preaching with. If, if, if there were seven of us, I think, at the beginning, and then it grew from there. If we had an issue where I had to say, fellas, I'm over here, you're over there, you know, this is what needs to happen. Now, that to me is much harder. What Barnabas did is he stuck his neck out for a guy uh, that really didn't have a whole lot of track record, you know. There wasn't a lot to go on. Yes, he had preached boldly in Damascus in the name of Jesus, but... We need some more track record here. We need a little more history. We need a little bit more to go on. Barnabas says, no, I sensed 
the hand of God in this. And this, again, is where his testimony, I'm sure, helped him. They trusted him. This is Barnabas. Uh, how many of you have heard Morris Gleiser's message, Be a Barney? Anybody? Okay. <laughs> he preaches it a lot. It's a great message. Uh, but I can't call him Barney. When I think of Barney, I think of the big purple guy. And don't, don't be him, please. We don't need that. Uh, but uh, be a Barnabas. Be a guy who will stick your neck out for somebody else and go to bat for them. Anybody think of somebody else that Barnabas did this with? Was Saul the only one that he stuck his neck out for? Yeah, John Mark. And that one wasn't as well received. It's interesting. Now, as I mentioned before, God was in it, and God used that separation, and you can, you can do your own study on that. What came out of John Mark's and Barnabas's a missionary tour, what came out of Barnabas, uh, his, his, I'm sorry, Paul's missionary tour. Um, uh, God used it big time. But it's, it's interesting uh, that Saul, later Paul, he was not as, as much of the son of consolation, I guess you might say, as Barnabas was. But praise the Lord for Barnabas' faith to stick his neck out. Barnabas, I want to read a couple things here from the uh, text. Barnabas, however, was not only, not only received Paul and believed his testimony, but also personally introduced him to Peter, James, John, and the others. Uh, Barnabas was well-respected by the apostles when he brought Paul to them. There was a miraculous union between these weathered leaders and a fresh, faith, uh, fresh face of faith. Romans 15, 17 tells us to receive one another. Uh, we need to be willing to receive the new guy. And, and get behind uh, s someone who maybe hasn't been saved for that long. But teach them, guide them, help them. And God is looking for Christians who will encourage one another. Encourage uh, the spiritual newborns to really move and, and, and uh, grow in their faith. Barnabas was a nurturer. He had a bigger picture. And he said, we need this guy. Praise the Lord for that. You and I may not be the next Apostle Paul. What do I mean by that? You and I might not be the ones to plant a bunch of churches and travel all over Asia or wherever, but we don't have to be if God's called us to be Barnabas. Um, anybody know uh, Pastor Hal, Hal Hightower? Down, he's just, just east, of, east of here, pastors of church. Um, What's the name of his church? Uh, I'm blanking on his church. But Pastor Hal Hightower was in evangelism for years. He gives his salvation testimony. You could probably Google it. It's a great salvation testimony. Uh, but he was led to the Lord by a guy who pastored a little itty-bitty church with like nobody in it, ever. <laughs> but Hal came to that little church, got saved, and God uh, brought him out into evangelism. And he also pastored uh, a church down in, uh, next to Fort, Fort Leonard Wood, I believe it is. And they got a, a ministry going to the military. And literally thousands of military have been saved through Pastor Hightower's ministry. Now he's not there anymore. He's here in Michigan. Uh, but uh, who knew? Who knew 
that uh, the guy who walks into this little itty bitty church and gets saved is going to end up being impacting the military all over the world. Um, you don't know what God's going to do through you. Uh, you might not be a, a, a Paul, but you can be a uh, Barnabas. That bus ministry may be uh, picking up the next Apostle Paul, you know. Uh, that Sunday school class, the life group class, the kids class, there might be some child in there who is going to go plant a church. Um, let's encourage them. Let's exhort them. And let's uh, ask God for grace and wisdom in this. Um, let her be here. He helped our movement get its name. Verse 26. Let me go back to verse 26 here. I don't know why they didn't put it in there. Well, that's weird. They didn't put it in the text. So I'll uh, get it open here. Um, they were the, the, the point is they were called Christians first in Antioch. And Barnabas was a huge part of that. Um, Acts 11. Twenty-six. And when he had found him, he brought him unto Antioch. And it came to pass that a whole year they assembled themselves with the church and taught much people. And the disciples were called Christians first in Antioch. How did this happen? It just happened? Uh, no. Barnabas labored for a year with Paul. Mentored, invested, exhorted, encouraged the lives of these Christians making sure that they were growing, making sure that they had a solid foundation, nurturing them in their faith and their walk with God. And when you think about what happened in Antioch and how fast it happened, there had to have been some incredible leadership by Barnabas and Saul. Um, I mean, look at, look at our, our, our work today. Uh, we know what discipleship is and how long that takes to see somebody grounded, to start a church, the Dearborn Baptist Church, you know, can you imagine if, if the Dearborn Baptist Church was fully planted, fully supported in one year? That's what happened here. And it became a thriving center for missions, which influenced much of the remainder of the book of Acts. I mean, this, this was a revival. This was a, a place that was on fire. And uh, we don't talk about it much, but a lot of it goes back to the encouragement and this faithful ministry of Barnabas in Antioch. The believers there were given a new name. This time it was chosen by their enemies. You Christian, <laughs> the citizens of Antioch, said you guys are just like little Christians, Christ followers, you know, and it fit the Christ-like ones. And Barnabas says, I'll take that. We'll wear that humbly. And they, of course, wanted to have that testimony of being one who was a follower of Christ. Paul and Barnabas labored for people. I just finished reading in First Thessalonians in my devotions and talks about how we, they labored night and day. And, and he was gentle as a nurse, nurse cherisheth her children, uh, Paul said. Where do you think Paul learned that? Paul, I, th I personally think Paul was a little rough around the, re the edges sometimes. He could cut it straight and he could just, and just bulldoze you. And um, 
uh, you know, God, God even gave him a thorn in the flesh, maybe to slow him down a little bit. I don't know. But uh, I, I, I read Paul in 1 Thessalonians talking about being gentle as a nurse that cherisheth her children. I'm thinking, I don't know if that sounds like Paul. It sounds more like Barnabas. But you know what? He learned from Barnabas, and he learned how to encourage and exhort and love people. This became the pattern of Paul's ministry, Paul and Barnabas' ministry. Galatians 4, you see it again. My little children, verse 19, my little children of whom I travail in birth again until Christ be formed in you. It's like you can look through the life of Paul and his writing in the epistles, and you can see glimpses of the influence of Barnabas. I could see Barnabas saying that. My little children, I'm, I'm travailing in birth again for you till Christ be formed in you. So there's hope for us who maybe don't have the gift as much, okay? Uh, God helped uh, Paul to have it as well. Uh, but may God help us to be an encouragement and encourager to those around you. Uh, you may encourage someone who is about ready to quit. And you have no idea they're about ready to quit. They're going to they're gonna quit on their marriage. They're going to quit on their ministry. They're going to quit on school or whatever. Uh, and the finish line's right there, but they're just wearing out. And um, uh, Be spirit-filled and take that step of faith and encourage the individual. Anybody have a, a story of someone who stepped in and encouraged you at just the right time? Anything, any thoughts that come to mind? An encourager a son or daughter of consolation that God sent to you to encourage your faith to keep going. Anything come to mind? I'm sure we've had tons. It's just hard to pick one out on the spot. <laughs> yes. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. That's awesome. That's a blessing. And thank you for praying for Jillian. Keep praying for her. She's had a lot of health crises, one right after the next. Uh, amen. It's good to have uh, people in our life that can encourage us. Sometimes where you sit, you can't see forward. You're just sunk so far down in the hole, you can't see out of it to see there's a way forward and you need somebody else to come along who's not in the hole. And they can say, hey, no, 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 it's right here. I can see it. No, I can't see it. No, I can see it. You can do it. And they kind of help you out of the hole. Uh, and that's why um, like you, when you're in the hole, you can't do it on your own. Same with me. I, I, I had a, uh, in September. September was my month to kind of get beat around. Uh, I just couldn't see my way out of some stuff. And um, I had several encouragers, uh, Jason, the deacons, and several of you I've talked to. And then there's a, a pastor friend in Iowa. And uh, I called him on a Friday. And, and I mean, here, he, he, he's not here. He doesn't know our church. He doesn't really know me that well. Um, but boy, God gave him exactly what I needed. 
And, and he told me, he says, you know, Brother Barber, we talked for like two hours. And he's like, I haven't told you a thing you don't already know. <laughs> I thought, you know, I guess he's probably right. He says, in fact, I'm pretty sure you've said everything I said. He said, I'm pretty sure that you've already said to others everything I said to you. And I, I think I probably had. He's probably right. But uh, at the time, you can't see it. You're too far down in the hole. You can't see out and need somebody else to say, no, it's right this way. I know this way. Come on, help me. And uh, that's so important. It's so timely. And also, let me just say um, uh, two, two things about this. First of all, this, this lesson is, is meant to encourage encouragers, to be encouragers. But there's another application here I sh we shouldn't miss. Receive encouragement. Sometimes we don't want to do that. Sometimes maybe we're too proud. Um, that could be it. Could be pride. Or it could be that we, um, we don't want to admit. <laughs> that could be pride too, I guess. Uh, um, we don't want to bother anybody. We hate to bother people. And, you know, I don't want you to have to deal with my stuff. I'll get out of this hole. I'll figure it out. No, I don't want to bother people. You know what? You need to bother people. It's okay. And if you're having a, a difficult season, recognize so did every hero of the faith, every single one of them. They all had seasons in the pit, in despair. And, and so if you're someone who does not want to receive encouragement, recognize that's not spiritual, okay? And you say, oh, but I just don't want to put people out. That's not spiritual. God might want people to be put out. God might be sending someone to serve you. You're, you're keeping them from serving, from exercising their gift. Uh, there's nothing spiritual about stiff-arming the servants that God sends you. A lot of times I think it comes back to pride. I, I just don't want to admit that I'm here or I don't want to be helped by somebody else or whatever. We need both sides of this. I need to be an encourager. And I need to be willing to be encouraged and, and, and exhorted. Um, you know, me as a pastor, you know, I'm supposed to have all this figured out right, and so I, I shouldn't have a dark day. And you know what that does? It just makes it worse. <laughs> so I'm in a pit. I'm discouraged. I'm having, I can't see straight or whatever. And then I'm going to add to it by saying I'm not supposed to be here. And you know what? Not just pastors, but you. I'm a Christian. I shouldn't be here. I'm a, I'm a mom. You know, I, I, I should be better than this. My, my kids need me, need, need me to be better than this. Truth of, the, truth of the matter is, we're all weak, we're all frail, and uh, we just need to, we need to be willing to be encouraged and exhorted, and praise God for Barnabas, who comes in various shapes and sizes. That pastor out in Iowa, uh, I'm going to see him, Lord willing, when we go out and see my folks uh, for Thanksgiving, and, and we'll maybe, maybe catch breakfast or coffee or just do something. Uh, but he is uh, a chaplain for hospice. Now that's, 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 a, that's a calling right there. He's a chaplain for hospice and he is a chaplain for the police department. He's been a chaplain for both for like 20 some years. And he told me, he said, I have been at the bedside of hundreds of people who've died. Hundreds. I have been with them, consoling them to their last breath. And then consoling the family immediately. You turn around and you start consoling the family. And he says, I have delivered, with, as a police chaplain, he said, I've delivered, he's, I think he said hundreds uh, of, of death notices 
him and the deputy go up, knock on the door. Hello, ma'am, are you so-and-so? Your son was killed today on the interstate, on his motorcycle, blah, blah, blah. And then the whole falling apart, and then he has to dive in there and, and help them. And I'm going, <laughs> how do you do this for 20-some years? How do you do it? Uh, and you know what he said? He said, though, when it's him with a crisis, he doesn't have it. He's like, I can go in and talk to someone. He says, God gives me grace, and I just have like nerves of steel. And I, I've been here before. We've done this. I know what to do. They fall apart. I, I sit down. I pull up a chair, you know, get the tissues, and off we go. do the, the whole thing. But he said, when it's my son, when it's my daughter, he said, he said uh, for a while, he, 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 uh, he had fears that would keep him up at night waiting he, he would play it out at night of the knock is going to come to his door and the deputy is going to give him a notice your son your daughter he said i lost so much sleep he's like i i, I he's i have grieved the loss of every one of my kids i've lost sleep over every one of them and they're all alive <laughs> you know it's like he's like why did i do this uh, but uh you know, it's amazing what we, what we do and how we think and what we worry about and what we give up needlessly. Like, I've got my kid. Praise God. Let's enjoy him. Let's get a good night's sleep. Um, but he said, again, the whole point was uh, when things come your direction, you need somebody else. Uh, and so we've got to be willing to be both an encourager and also someone who can receive encouragement. Also, let me just say this. If you can receive encouragement, you'll be a better encourager. It just works that way because you're going to learn from them. You're going to have something to pass on. Uh, also, in order to receive encouragement, you have to humble yourself. In humbling yourself, you become a better encourager. Nobody wants a proud encourager. Let me encourage you. Uh, you know, here's the way I do it. <laughs> That's not encouraging. It's like, get out of here. Uh, uh, so it, 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 it's, it's both. Um, we're about out of time. Let me give you this last... Uh, this last illustration from the book. Uh, two guys, George Schuler and Ira Wilson, were roommates in Bible college, and they combined their talents to make a song, the song Make Me a Blessing. And Wilson wrote the lyrics, Schuler the music. No publishers picked it up. It languished for years, and then it finally fell into the right hands of somebody. He had the connections, got it published, and it became the hymn that we've been singing ever since. Um, and it's interesting, uh, this guy, Ira Wilson, uh, he totally forgot he ever wrote the song. And he, until he died, he never remembered writing the song. The thing got published, everyone's singing it. And he's like, yeah, they keep telling me I wrote that thing. I don't, re I don't remember it. Uh, but him and his buddy uh, put it together. Uh, but the Bible, uh, not the Bible, the song says this, uh, out in the highways and byways of life, many are weary and sad, Carry the sunshine where darkness is rife, making the sorrowing glad. And the prayer is the chorus. Make me a blessing. Make me a blessing. Out of my life, may Jesus shine. Make me a blessing, O Savior, I pray. Make me a blessing to someone today. You know, I, I wonder, do we pray about that? We pray for health. We pray for souls. We pray for good weather. We pray for all kinds of things. This is a good prayer. Lord, help me to be a blessing to someone today. There is someone who needs my encouragement. The rest of it is good as well. Um, 
uh, tell the sweet story of Christ and his love, tell of his power to forgive. Others will trust him if only you prove true every moment you live. Give as t'was given to you in your need. Love as the master loved you. Be to the helpless a helper indeed. Unto your mission be true. Make me a blessing. Make me a blessing. Out of my life, may Jesus shine. Make me a blessing, O Savior, I pray. Make me a blessing to someone today. It will give meaning to your life. I've been reading a book about the book of Ecclesiastes. And it's, it's been great. He, he calls it, uh, the book is called Living Life Backwards. And uh, you have to read the book to find out what that means, okay? But part of it, he, he, one of the points he makes in the book is, is um, a lot of people want to say that this is just, a, the whole Ecclesiastes uh, perspective is just a lost man's perspective. And, but Christians, it's different. And he says, no, Christians who pursue fame, fortune, wealth, pleasure, women, also find it empty. It's not just that it's empty for the lost person, but it's fulfilling for the Christian person. No, it's empty, period. It's vanity. It's vanity all around. And, and, and so, in other words, you've got to have a deeper purpose in life than just the things that we're receiving. And uh, uh, one of the things that gives meaning to life is pouring your life into another, uh, to be a blessing and an encouragement in another's life. You don't have to be the Apostle Paul. You could be better than that, in a sense. You could be Barnabas, whose life produced several Pauls. Only one was named Paul, right? But his life produced so many disciples who produced disciples. And of course, Paul did as well. Uh, may God help us to be an encourager. Final thoughts, questions? Yes. Amen. Praise the Lord. And you've lifted me up with the Lord. The Lord works people mm. to lift people up out of the muck, out of the Amen. mud, pick you up on solid ground. Let's move on. Amen. You've that's done it. that. Well, that's this a blessing. church and everybody here has done that for me. I thank you from the bottom of my heart. Amen. We're encouraged. We're glad to see you back. Yeah. And, and I'm glad to be working. back. I can't understand why everything keeps going on in the fur too, but mm -hmm. it's in the Lord's hands. Yeah. And yeah. I ask him every day to help me stay strong, keep me walking strong. I mean, I'm even at people that are just totally rude and vile at work. It's like, how can you be happy like this? And all the stuff going on with you, why ain't you just a total nervous wreck or broke down? It's the same thing. This is the Lord walking through me yeah. and the Holy Spirit doing this. Because we can't do this on our own. Absolutely. Only our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ Amen. has done that for us. It's good. We're praying for you, Kevin. Praying for you, Carol. Thank and Carol, you have an appointment on the first, is it? Or December. December first. Yeah. Okay. Is that a surgery? Yes. Okay. So we'll be everybody. Uh, maybe mark that down. December first is uh, another surgery for Carol. She's had several. 
Yes. So another surgery, we will pray that God will give you some relief through that. Amen. Well, let's keep each other in prayer and pray. Maybe a prayer we haven't prayed in a while. Lord, who can I be a blessing to? Amen. Can I be an encouragement to somebody? Lord, uh, we thank you for your word. And uh, truly, Lord, uh, life can be difficult and discouraging and, and we can get beat up. We need each other. We need the body. And I pray that we would be willing to both be encouraged, receive encouragement, but also to be able to share that with others. Thank you, Lord, for the ones that you've sent into our lives at just key times to encourage us and to, to help inspire hope. And Lord, I pray that you would raise up many Barnabas-type Christians here from our congregation I pray that our, our, our church would have the atmosphere of the early church in Antioch. And uh, I pray that it would be just part of our DNA and that you would raise up many uh, laborers, uh, Lord, of that model. Help us this week to encourage one another, to provoke one another to love and good works. We thank you, Lord, for what you're going to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God blessing. God's blessing on you, and you are an encouragement to me. I appreciate each of you.